Hello and welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the shows that shaped our childhood. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And this episode, we are looking back at Bodger and Badger. Now, as I said last time, you may notice a theme with these. So if anybody's hit on it already, write in and let us know. Like from here till pretty much April, there is a reason we're doing all the shows we're doing. And if you can pick up on them, let us know. But actually... Um, the reason we initially started doing this show um, is is perhaps one of the weakest things about it, but we'll come on to that <laughs> later on, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said before, like, we, were, we were ITV kids, so I didn't see a lot of the BBC stuff. I do remember seeing quite a few of these at the time, and I've picked out like a handful of episodes of the last couple of days. I've not had a massive amount of time to watch stuff, um, but I think I've probably watched some seven or eight episodes, which is more than I normally get to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I remember why I didn't watch it as a kid because he's an annoying cunt. Uh, Simon is yes. Um, we can get onto the reasons for that. I think in a bit. Um, I didn't know what I was going to make of this. Um, mm. I watched it a lot as a kid, uh, a hell of a lot, and and I remember it quite fondly. And that normally leads to disappointment. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it was never like my favourite show. But when I say I remember it fondly, I remember it as much as this is a quite a big cultural touchstone. I think if you're British and of a certain age, hmm. um, like like especially in in this house and and just about anybody, you know, you you cannot say the word mashed potato normally <laughs> if you're you know somewhere between your mid thirties to early forties and a British kid, like you just yeah. you can't just say mashed potato. No, th- this is the, this mashed is potato. this is part of the problem I have is that I used to really like mashed potato. Like the the smash aliens had it fucking sorted, then this yeah. twat came along. I don't I fucking hated mashed potatoes. I, I don't understand, and I may just be misremembering this, but I've thought long and hard over the last couple of days, and I don't under, understand how there wasn't a bigger marketing push for mashed potato with Bodger and Badger. Because I don't it's so, know. like, like yeah, the Smash robots, yeah, there's two things I think of with mashed potato, right? I go, for mash, get smash. Yeah. Right? And then, but probably even more so than that, I go straight to Bodger and Badger. Honestly, anytime anybody says mashed potato, doesn't matter if it's instant mashed potato, actual mashed potato, doesn't matter what it is, it is impossible for anyone to utter the words mashed potato around me without me going, mashed potato! It, like, it, it just... <laughs> the same way that, you know, the generation behind us, it's potato because Keith Lemon was a thing, um, unfortunately. Yeah. But it, it's it's that. There, there is a Pavlovian response from me. Mm. Of, Badger loves mashed potato. Like, it's just, it's there. It's it's ingrained in my head and will be forever. Um, so I wasn't sure, again, what to make of it, knowing coming into it that it could be relatively annoying because it's pitched at a younger audience. Mm. Um, in all honesty, though, I've I've watched way more of this than I should have <laughs> because, my, I mean, my house is upside down at the moment. I'm having some pretty major renovations going on. Uh, so it's very busy around here, as I mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago, which is why I didn't have a lot of chance to watch things then. But I fucking fell down the rabbit hole with this. Like, I, I watched one on Saturday morning, thinking, oh, I'll carve out an hour here while I'm having my coffee, watch some Bodger and Badger. I was in the house on my own on Saturday because my wife was working. And so I pretty much just sat around drinking coffee and watching Bodger and Badger all day. Um, I, I fell down the rabbit hole. I I loved it. I, I, I absolutely, like, yes, Simon can be annoying, but only in that children's tv presenter kind of way yes and and that's you know that is quite a bit quite a big weakness of the show you know i i think it's something that's still inherent in kids tv today and it's unfortunately something that's inherent in live action kids tv as well yeah. that, that you don't you know I, I don't think cartoons condescend to children in in the same way or at least most of them don't they don't condescend to children in the same way that a children's tv presenter does yeah and actually that's one of the most unfortunate things about this because i think one of the reasons I fell on the rabbit hole so much is, I mean, I mean, Simon, incidentally, I forget his real name off the top of my head now. Andy um, Cunningham, I think. Yeah, Andy It's Cunningham. Andy something, isn't it? Yeah. Andy Cunningham. Yeah. He, he I, wrote I, it as well. I was going to say, he's, he's pretty much a one-man band here. Like, he wrote yeah. all of these as well. Yeah. And the writing well, let's, let's, really let's, fucking good. Let's be careful what we say here, because last time we talked about one-man band, right. we got in trouble. Yes, but <laughs> this is actually good, in my opinion, anyway. All right? So maybe he did write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. Um, well, he didn't sing it. He had a lot of kids singing it. Kids doing that, yeah. Um, I actually think like the writing and and some of the gags. Um, not all of them. There yeah, are not all many, of them land. No, there are as many misses as there are hits. In the yeah. same way that there are with 
we haven't looked at it yet, but in the same way there is with something like Chuckle Vision or something like that, because it's for children, it's so rapid fire. Yeah. And it's such a mix of slapstick humor and, you know, one-liners and a fucking hell of a lot. I mean, a hell of a lot of double entendres yes. and a hell of a lot of actually really sophisticated humor. And, that- and what I, I've got to be honest, I say, I, 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 I came into it sim, no, similarly, similar sort of time frame to you. You, you sent me an, an episode on Saturday, said, what, no, watch this, which I, I then did pretty much straight away. Um, and then I watched, I, say, I watched a couple more yesterday and a couple more today. And I, I will let's say for, for as much as it's not, no, I didn't like it as a kid um, because I found it annoying. I think it was by the time I came to it, it was quite late in the run because it ran for like nine or 10 years, didn't it? Yeah, it was um, about 10 years. I definitely I think, grown the, up before it finished. Yeah, like, but it's, I think from memory, I think it ran to about 98 or something like that. Um, by which point, as I was kind of, you know, I was growing out of kids TV. It was, you know, it was, you know, I was, I was onto older stuff and like, you know, I was out playing football and on my bike and shit like that. I wasn't in watching TV all the time, mainly because I wasn't allowed to be because my parents like go out and play. Because mm-hmm. you know, that 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 did me the world of good. I didn't get fat and diabetes anyway. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so I mean, I I, I I I sort of came to this quite late, which is why I think why I find it so, so annoying. But I can see what you mean about the writing. There, there's definitely there's a lot in there, and they're 15 minutes each, but they are absolutely packed. Yeah, jam packed. Like, and there's there are gags. There are no, there are two hundreds. You know, it is packed. Um, and there is a level of slapstick that you expect from a, from kids TV. You know, things like Chuckle, Chuckle Brothers and stuff like that. You did come to expect that, but in in a way where when you had the um, when you did have the the puppet characters. Now, when you had Basil Brush and and the, even when you come on later, things like Hackett T Dog, the slapstick is almost done for the sake of it. Yes. Whereas here, it's part of the writing. It's part of the setup. Kind of leads lends itself to it, and then but you get to that point and it's thrown away straight away. You know, you'll you'll have you know, badges doing something. I think one of the ones I watched, um, Simon's fixing pipes under a sink, and he's like, uh, "Oh, don't, don't swing that around. You, you know, you're gonna you're gonna." And he whacks in the face. He's like, "Break something," and it's it's just thrown away completely. Mm. But it, it's funny enough, especially for, especially for kids. They'll be going, "Oh, fuck you!" Hit him in the face. That's funny. Yeah. And then you're on to the next thing straight away. Yeah. And, and, there's, and there's very little fat in them, I will say. There is very little fat. I think to its credit as well, like I said, I've watched a lot of these. Um, I've tried to jump around the seasons to watch mm. earlier ones and later ones. I didn't notice any real discernible dip in quality. No. Um, there's one season I specifically wanted to watch because I don't know. I've actually now convinced myself that I've imagined this, but I'm sure there's a season where they worked at Chesenden World of Adventures. I can't find any season, of those. Season four. Right, I couldn't find any of those. I, I will be honest. I found it very difficult to track down. Beyond a couple of things, I found it very difficult to track down. So the one that you, the link that you sent me, yeah, then had a link to um, basically what was a load of episodes mushed together, right? And they yeah. were seasons five, six, seven, eight, and nine. So they were the, the the first couple of seasons. They were they weren't available. I, I may have paid quite a lot of money for some of these on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, as we always advocate, you do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Please buy your content. This is available on Amazon uh, streaming. You, you, you pay your money for it. Um, there are some free on YouTube as well. as where I first stumbled across it, um, but then further googling led me to find out they were on Amazon. I didn't realize it was specifically season four um, that they were at the, the theme park. Yeah, um, yeah so I, what, I would have gone for that otherwise. Yeah. So but, what they did, the way the seasons panned out. Um, season one, they were in a cafe. A really shitty cafe, yeah. which we yeah, thought yeah, it was yeah. a I remember that because it started out with Badger being a chef. I always yeah. remember that as a kid. Like I, I remember him being in the chef's outfit. Well, I remember and that I, as well. Funny yeah. enough. Um, then seasons two and three, they're in um, Let's Be Avenue Junior School. So again, nice police pun there. Um, so he's a handyman in school. Season four, they're in um, uh, Chesnut World of Adventure. Season five, they're in a flat, and it's kind of made out that he's unemployed, but it's never specifically said. Mm-hmm. Um, so but I mean, he was—he's he's an odd job man. Like he—he he can go literally weeks without a job and then get yeah. loaded. I mean, he's self-employed. He's not unemployed. He's self-employed. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's also a thing. I always felt like Simon was—he's kind of a little bit bohemian, isn't he? Like he—he's yeah. got like in his dress sense and stuff, and he's got the little pork pie hat. He seems vaguely eccentric. Yeah. Um, you know, lives with a talking badger. Like he's definitely It'd be a shit show if he didn't. Yeah, he, he's definitely a, a bit of a bohemian, I think. And even, you know, when it comes to, yeah, the episodes in the flat, like he's not living in a in a swanky pad anyway. He's living in a grotty, rundown, bottom-style yeah, like be- yeah. flat, like a yeah. bed-sit in North London somewhere, Yeah, you know? Um, so th- there is there is that element to him. I don't think you need to necessarily 
imply that he's unemployed. I think his lifestyle just says that like he'll take work when he gets it, and if he doesn't get it, then he'll write his poetry because he's that's to do. like he writes poetry. That's that's referenced yeah. quite a few times as well. Yeah, um, you know, he, he has shit to do. So, so yeah, I, so there was uh, a progression for him throughout the seasons, and that, yeah. that's actually where I was going when I started talking about the Chesney World Adventures thing because. I jumped around these seasons a lot when I said paid money. I did uh, similar to what we did when we were watching Sabrina and that time wasn't available mm. anywhere. I just dipped into a few seasons, bought the odd episode here and there and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I just couldn't hit on this one with the theme park, but I did find, yeah, like that he was doing different jobs, right? So all the ones I've watched, but yeah. it was evident that there was actually, there's minimal that it is. There is character progression. There are story arcs. And within each yes. episode, like every episode has a beginning, a middle and an end. And with something like this, I think it's very easy to just be lazy and go, here's 15 minutes of stupid knockabout slapstick comedy strung together. Yeah. But much like Chuckle Vision would do as well, uh, this actually hangs all of that on something. It operates like a sitcom. It operates yes. like, here's the situation that's going to happen this week. Like the first one I sent you uh, was the, the laundrette one. Yeah. Which, which set the stall out for me immediately because like for the first it probably took me the first third of the episode, about the first five minutes, I had to dial into it because, yeah, it's that larger-than-life kids' TV condescending personality. Yeah. Once I dialed in, and, and once I was able to just kind of tune that out a little bit, like all of the stuff at the laundrette, I found absolutely yeah. hilarious. It's it's in very poor taste now. Oh, absolutely. And but, I will say, actually, the, the girl who keeps on coming in and some of the run rising, oh, man, that... You get the impression that was just kind of, that was done for effect because it doesn't add anything. No, it doesn't. Um, but that's quite whole, fucking annoying. Yeah, but even her whole look, she's very clearly like nineties alt feminist. Like, yeah, very clearly. Yeah, uh, there's clearly then, a choice has been made there. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know the, the character himself, where he's he's having these discussions with what is very clearly a closeted homosexual. Yeah. Um, who who happens to be washing a load of women's clothes who are his wife's clothes honest gov yeah and it and it's all in it's all actually now looking at it through today's lens you know quite offensive and in quite yes. poor taste but again as we've said many many times in the show we have to meet these things on their own level yeah you've got you to know, think where it comes from and, and, you? and you accept it and learn from it and actually that's what like it whilst it might be offensive and in poor taste it's done in that kind of bawdy traditional british comedy style yeah. much like a carry-on film or something like that we're actually look unless you really want to be offended it is very difficult to be offended by this well, stuff. I, I, I will be honest. Who wouldn't be offended by this anyway, being a straight white male. But, you know. I, I will I, be honest. On behalf of beard wearers everywhere, I was offended when he called him Forest Face. Forest Face, I thought, was hilarious. Oh, fucking the, brilliant. The best joke, again, and the level of sophistication in this for a kid's show mm. is after you've had 10 minutes of, like, double entendres and setups for this guy who is very clearly, like I say, a homosexual man and, and enjoys dressing in women's clothes so there's a, there's a little bit of trans in there as well and there's all these things that they're touching on and then you have this whole thing with a beard and simon ends up going back in with a fake beard which ends up getting pulled off and things like that yeah and the final gag as he's running out of the door is, is something like well who needs a beard anyway yeah <laughs> and it i just lost it like yeah. spat coffee full on like that I, is very sophisticated writing for a children's it, TV. It show. is, and not only that, you get the whole all the exchange between the two of them, uh, between um, Simon and the the, the bearded. Um, he's supposed to be a build. He's 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 he's, 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 a well, builder, he's wearing a hard hat. He, he, he's basically <laughs> one of the village people at this point. He's he, in a hard he really he's is. in a hard hat and a vest. Yeah. Um, says me who spends all day in a hard hat and a vest, but no, that's different. I actually get paid for that. Um, but you get so you get the exchange and every every line between them. Because you get Badger popping up and sort of inserting something between it, where you know Simon will say something vaguely polite, or, or and Badger will pop up and call and, and insult him, and then disappear again. Mm. And then the whole sort of trying to recover from that. And so he says, "Do you call me Forest Face?" I said, "No, I must race." And then so you get this, and then something happens else happens. He says, "No, I was, I was talking about your beard." And and I was, I was actually when he, t he gets the fake, the fake beard off, so who needs a beard anyway? Mustache and runs. Yeah, I said. Okay, that no, it's that, really funny. As a kid, you'd be thinking, okay, he's just left his beard there and run off. But actually, the wording they've used as well, and, and the timing Mustache, of it, is, yeah, <laughs> so the, the the pacing of it, I think is absolutely is really good. And as I, I came into this thinking I was thinking I was going to get through a couple of episodes and be really annoyed, and actually, there are 
I was I did get through a couple of episodes and I was quite annoyed, but there were bits I could appreciate and the writing was one of, and the del- not so much the interaction between the two of them or between Badger and anybody else, but between Simon and other humans. Definitely, I, I think. Um, I think he doesn't the, know how to write badges. No, I, I think I think he does know how to write badges, and I think actually the interaction, for instance, between Badger and Mousy hmm. is some of my favourite stuff. Mousy, clearly my favourite character, yes. very well performed. Um, I, and I'm not just talking about the vocals there either. For such a small fucking puppet, I mean, it's yeah. bigger than a mouse, but it's still quite a small puppet. Like very well performed, a lot of character in yeah. it. Um, but I, I think actually even his performance when it, like he's definitely very good whenever he's interacting with other humans. And I think his performance, whenever he's not operating Badger yes. in a scene, is also very good. I think the the issue comes in, and this isn't unique to this show. This is, you know, of this era, we had many, many shows where you'd have a children's TV presenter with a puppet on their hand. You yep. know, see also Andy and Ed the Duck, Phil and Gordon the Gopher, Rod Hull and Emu. Yep. You know, the, the list is, is Keith Harrison Orville. The, the list goes on and on. And now, now I'm not a ventriloquist, okay, but mm. I've watched a lot of these shows, and I think there must be something that comes from the stage performance of being a ventriloquist and the act of throwing your voice yeah. that leads to you having to face forward rather than face the person you're talking to. Yeah. Because the issue isn't that he doesn't know how to interact with Badger when it's on its hand, it's that they never make eye contact whilst they're talking. Mm. And that's that if you watch all of these shows, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Now, I've, if anybody yeah, out there knows of... about this, let me know. But I'm convinced it is something to do with the actual stage act of throwing your voice. It, it could be. And I'm just thinking back to Rod Hall and Emu there. The only time they ever locked eyes is when they, after one, after Rod Hall had finished speaking, and they'd be like, yeah. And Bodger and Badger yeah. are exactly the same. You watch them, they are exactly, they will make eye contact when there's no speaking involved. When there's no speaking, but when they're speaking, Simon's always facing forward and it's almost like then he compensates for it. There's a lot of eye rolling. There's a lot of exaggerated head movement. But and again, that's fairly atypical of of of, of uh, Charles ventriloquism. Exactly, because what you're actually doing is drawing attention away. Yeah. yeah? So it's, it's misdirection and stuff like that. So I think there's an element of that in there. And I think the issue is, you know, with, with something like Rod Hull and Emu, uh, almost always, certainly with the Pink Windmill anyway, almost always there was a studio audience element. So yeah. that was a necessity. Yeah. yeah? With things, uh, you know, when you had things um, like Ed the Duck and Gordon the Gopher and stuff like that, even though they were actually operated by other people, but the interacting with those puppets was still done live. Yeah. Whereas this is being recorded. Yeah. So there's not actually a need for him to, because so, those lines can be dubbed in later. But yeah. I think it's just so inherent in that act yeah. that he's doing it. And then it looks wrong. And, and it's certainly not that his puppeteering is bad, because when, you know, his movements with Badger, when he's just playing Badger, yeah. are great. I think Badger's a very, for what he is, you know, Badger is a very basic puppet. He's got googly eyes and he's just got. Uh, his his hand up up the back. It's yeah. Not, it's yeah. He's, not, he's operating the head and the snout and the snout, isn't he? He's not. Yeah. We're not, we're not talking a muppet here. You know, this is, this is a very basic puppet. But actually, there's a lot of character that comes out in those movements. Like I say, Mousy even more so. I think the puppetry on Mousy is is excellent. Yeah. Um. You know, especially if you watch the way Mousy walks. Yeah. Like that. I don't even know how they do it. Like it, there's got to be more than one puppet. I'm assuming. Or at least more than one person operating the puppet. I I, I really um, don't know. I, I was I I did clock that. I think it was the um the seaside episode. Um, mm. and I was trying to clock it. And I was trying to work out how they managed it, and I couldn't get my head around that at all. Because like traditionally, you'd assume she would be on a stick, like bobbing along. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at the same time, she doesn't move like a mouse either. She doesn't move on all fours, but she has a very convincing way of movement then. Yeah. Um, and those hands are so tiny and they're moving about as well. So, so I think the puppetry is very good. I think the performances are actually for what they are. And, and we have to meet them on this level. You know, it is children's TV. And I think yeah. what we're annoyed with is the level of performance that's expected of children's TV rather than the level of performance that's been given. Because you, you could also level this criticism at the Chuckle Brothers at yeah. Dick and Dom in Dabangalo, at, at all of these uh, things. There's like lots this. of things I'd like to level at those. Criticism isn't one of them. A fucking nuclear <laughs> missile is one of them. But, but you know, it's this, it's just this over-the-top, exaggerated, yeah. pantomime style yes. that we feel we have to just condescend to children in live action. And, and unfortunately, this is guilty of that. Yeah. Uh, and it's very guilty of that. It is very exaggerated. But actually, other than that, I, I think the performance is quite good. I, I think... I think it's physical comedy and and his timing is very very good. 
Yeah. Um, and, and I think in the writing as well, other than the mashed potato gags, of which there are way too many every yes. episode, but of course there are, like you're tuning into this to see him covered in mashed potato. Yeah. Um, I never, ever felt like a gag was being reached for. You know, I never felt like there was a great big telegraph to me, to you setup. You know, it, the gags all seemed to work. Nothing felt like a reach. Yeah, I think um, the only the ones I did spot, which again they were all they were all mashed potato based, but like the, the episode I was talking about, I think it's from season seven where um, Vicky gets introduced, and um, he's that's it, he's doing some basic handy uh, handyman work. He's doing some plumbing, and he's he's explaining to to Badger why you can't have liquid in the sink when you take the uh, U bend off, because and of course the sink is full of liquid mashed potato. Of course it is because always no obviously mashed potato is always fucking liquid. Um, and I know it just makes it funnier and it makes it easier to to uh, manipulate for the you know, for the gags and stuff. But you got you could see, and this, again, this is probably because I'm nearly forty and I'm looking for this. But you could see exactly where they were going with it. He's under the sink. At some point, he's getting a face full of gunk. But it, but it's all <laughs> mashed potato gags. It, it, but it, you know, it's like that's expected of the show. So yeah. when you have a show that runs for ten years, there are only so many mashed potato gags you can write. And so sooner well, or later, apparently 56 million. Yeah, sooner or later they are going to be a reach and they are going to be yeah. repetitive. Yeah. You know, so but, but just... again, I think that as you said, that's kind of the essence of the show. It's what you expect from from this character, especially. I mean, that by that point, that ep- that episode was in season seven, so you yeah. kind of, you know you're expecting it by then. And even to a point where, like we've talked about this before, we get shows that run this long. Actually, you get kind of a, a generational thing, even though no, it it anyway it doesn't run for a whole generation. But the way kids consume television changes as they get older. So you'll have had kids who have come to this in 88, 89, whatever it was, right the way through to they've grown out of it. And other, excuse me, other kids are growing into it at that point. Yeah. So you can, you can afford to have those gags because actually the kids who are now 10, 11, 12, who've grown up with it are not watching it anymore. So it doesn't matter if you're making the same gags or you're setting up in the same way because there's younger kids who are watching it and you're going to get away with it. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and it's interesting, actually, that um, Bodger and Badger, as far as I know, never went down the Keith Harrison, Ormill, Timmy Mallet route of then playing our university crowds. No. Which is what every, every other live-action performer that we watched as a kid seemed to do. Yeah, like, I, I remember seeing Timmy Mallet when, when I was in Exeter. I never saw Timmy Mallet, but I remember him doing the rounds. I, I saw Keith Harrison, Orville do a blue show, and they were oh, that would Ill- be fucked. Oh, so that it would be awesome. Fucking hilarious. Absolutely brilliant. Um, of course, Orville never swore at all. It was all Cuddles the Monkey doing the swearing, and Orville was still lighter than light until the very end where Orville dropped an F bomb and the place yeah. went nuts. Um, I, I remember um off off topic slightly, but I remember seeing uh, Nancy Cartwright up in Edinburgh. Um mm-hmm. and she even when she's not performing, no, she whenever she's performing, she's not allowed to swear as any Simpsons character. It's no, yeah. it's in it's in her contract, you know, she's not allowed to do it. But part of her shtick is that she disappears off no, she disappears off stage still mic'd up mm-hmm. and swears the living fuck out of Bart Simpsons for two minutes. <laughs> and then comes back on and, and she's like, What? What did I miss? What happened? Yeah. Because obviously that's part of the shtick. I mean, and this was like 15, 16 years ago. She may or may not do it now. Um, but it's yeah, it's that type of thing. And it's you, know, you kind of these characters are almost sort of protected to a point. Yeah. Where you can't in the same way let's say Orville didn't swear all the way through until right at the end. Yeah. And it's it's that type of thing. But I, you're right, I don't remember Bodger and Badger ever doing that. And I need to given. I I like for for our generation, I think that's a given. As I say, certainly certainly in my school anyway. We all fucking knew Bodger and Badger. Like it was just something that, and it's again, it's not one of those things where it was like, oh, it's Thursday, we need to get home because Bodger and Badger's. On. It's just one of those things that was on. It yeah. was just there, and, I mean, and so it, you watched it. It start. They started out actually. They were it, the show wasn't the first thing they did. They were part of the Saturday morning shtick on um, BBC One, on the, weren't they? On the waterfront, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, not to be confused with the other on the waterfront. No, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd forgotten about that, and I was I, I was doing some reading earlier on uh, while I was waiting for you to to log in, and I'd forgotten about that show. And actually, I sort of just clicked on on the wiki link, and I'm going, oh fuck yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And again, I, it was I, one of those. I think it was on like cause we I used, we used to play football on Saturday morning, um, and so it was it was on before we went out, mm. and so I re- I rem- remember seeing that. So when I just looked at, it, I'm thinking, oh fuck yeah. Yeah, it was around that time where Saturday morning shows kind of switched. So mm. you'd have a season of one, and then they'd switch presenting teams and studios, yeah. and you'd have a season of another. And it was ITV were especially guilty of it, but BBC did the same thing as well. You know, you'd go for yeah. 
forefront to then you'd have going live, then you'd have live and kick in, and things would swap back and forth. Whereas ITV, they would like ITV, then you had things like Ghost Train on, and and then that would give way to something else, and that yeah, motor mouth, motor mouth, yeah, and so they, they they chopped and changed them around, but but yeah, they they just felt like they were larger than the show. Then it wasn't oh, I yeah. need to get home because Bodger and Badger's on. It's just Bodger and Badger were part of kids TV in this era. They they were just synonymous with it. It was one of those shows, just like the Chuckle Brothers. For instance, same thing. You wouldn't get home to watch Chuckle Vision, but the Chuckle Brothers were always there. Well, when it, when it was on, you wouldn't turn it off. Exactly. And Bodger and Badger was exactly the same thing. Now, it's interesting you mentioned Vicky um, because I saw a few Vicky episodes as well. And again, there is clearly a very talented performer there yeah. who is absolutely pitching to the fucking stalls to the yes. point where at times you want to reach through the screen and slap her. But I, but again, it's that typical kids' TV it performance. It is, and, and I've got and to give her 100% credit for it. I know it's not her, because she's clearly very talented. Clearly. Yeah. Uh, and so the the one I saw with her was the first one she pops into, and they make a joke. She's not of, in many. She's only in season seven, so it's like 12 yeah, yeah. episodes or something. But the first one she appears in... Um, as randomly happens in kids' TV from the 80s and, and early 90s, she just lets, lets herself into the flat and introduces herself uh, while Simon's underneath the sink and you know, covered in mashed potato and you know, badges there. And um, you get this thing. And she, so they're having a conversation about mashed potato. And he said, I oh, do you like mashed potato. And she's, you know, again, she's swinging for the fences. Oh, I love mashed potato. It's my, it's my favorite food. It's the best. I'd eat it all the time. And um, Gina Bellman did a, a skit uh, in Coupling, ooh, fuck years, this would have been coming 20 years ago now, about kids' TV presenters. And it reminded me of that straight away. It's, it's that just very over-the-top, very exaggerated, very saccharine, sweet sort of voice. Mm. And then you can imagine, and like we talked about on um, Who Wins last week, about um, there's an episode of Family Guy where Stewie meets the Mary Poppins alike from his TV mm. show, and she's actually a complete twat. And you get the impression it's like that, where she's all when the camera's rolling, it's all sweetness and light. And then as soon as then was back's turn, she's like, oh fuck's sake, I fucking hate kids. When can I get off the show and get a real job? And it it just sort of, it made me think of that because she's just, as you say, she's clearly very talented. And she's clearly doing a job, mm. and that job is you're in panto but in front of a camera. Yeah, and that job's also play about ten years younger than your actual age. Fuck off, which 20. is weird. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean. I, I, well, I don't know how old the character's supposed to be. Like, her auntie tells her to go and get jobs and stuff. So I guess she must be at least 16. But the actress is clearly mid-20s. Yeah, like, I mean, I think she's she's supposed... To, she, I just got there here. Um, she's supposed to be an accountant, but she dreams of being in a band. So she moves in with her aunt. And then she auditions for jobs as a drummer, and then she gets gets a gig and fucks off. Mm. So she's, no, she's going to be relatively young. But yeah. clearly, no, clearly it's the Dawson's Creek effect where she's no, 35 playing 15. Clearly. I I don't know if she's 35, no. but she's she's, she, she's, in, she's in her mid-20s. She's easily in her mid-20s. She's significantly um, older than the character she's playing. Absolutely. But clearly very, very talented. Like the best thing in the episode she's in, I'd go as far as to say. Yeah. But she is still pitching to the stalls. Um so yeah, it's just inherent to the program. There's nothing we can do about that, I don't think. Yeah. And you just have to take it with a pinch of salt. She'd have been 23 when she did that episode. There you go. Yeah. So we're not far off. Um but now I know you've said it's season four. I'm going to go back and find those Chesenham World of Adventures episodes because I remember two specific things about Bodger and Badger. I remember the chef's outfit. Obviously, the mashed potato goes without saying. And I remember the fact that there was these episodes where they worked the Chesenham World of Adventures because, as I've mentioned several times on the show, and as I'm sure many listeners know, I'm, I'm a theme park nut. Um, and Chesenham World of Adventures, that season was airing about the time that I went to Chesenham World of Adventures on a school trip. Right. And it was my first proper theme park. It wasn't my first exposure to theme parks. Uh, that would have been the, the Disney sing-along videos where I became obsessed with Disney parks mm. uh, as a very, very young child. But I, I can honestly say my first actual theme park I visited that I can remember anyway, and I'm not counting things like West Midlands, Safari Park and Oakwood and like, you know, pretend theme parks. Or yeah. they were then, you know, they've significantly upped the game now. They have, yeah. Chesington was a whole thing with yeah. themed lands and themed rides. I went on my first roller coaster there, you know, so it was a whole thing for me. And then all of a sudden, Bodger and Badger were working at Chesington at the zoo, <laughs> and it blew my tiny little fucking mind. Because I was like, hang on, that's a real place. I've been there. What mm. the fuck? Why didn't I see Bodger and Badger? What yeah, is that makes sense. So, yeah, absolutely blew my tiny little fucking mind. Yeah. And I'm glad I didn't make that up. Because if no, I did, didn't. I'm crazier than I thought. 
So well, that's still a possibility, to be fair. That's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I didn't remember those from, uh, say, from the from the time. I didn't remember. I, I've been reading about it, uh, the last couple of days. Um, also, confession: I've never been to Chasm World Adventures. I've just never got around to it. I've done other theme parks in the country. I've just never had a chance to go to. Totally that off topic, but you really need to take the kids, dude. It is far and away in terms of theme parks the best this country has to offer like towers is is better in terms of its rides and stuff like that but your kids are a little bit younger they're a little bit younger and i wouldn't want to do the queues with the kids chesington the theming is is superb like it's got every land is different the rides are all really well themed this is not a theme park podcast but chesington (laughs) for families for an actual theme park experience in this country like chesington's pretty much as good as it gets i think and so. for the chesington people is that enough or do we need to do more yeah, tickets yeah please sponsor us <laughs> um, who am i kidding sponsor us let me in just yeah <laughs> just give me some tickets yeah i'm happy yeah um <laughs> but yeah so i mean yeah you didn't imagine that and i think going back to talking about earlier about it being almost a sitcom they no, that's the way they set up they had a different situation every year so season one they were in um they're in the cafe season two and three they were at the school season four they were theme park season five they're in the uh, five and six they're in the flat I think six and seven, they were, uh, um, Simon was um, Mr. Dribble's handyman. And then eight and nine, I think they ran a and b I want to say. I was going to say, I think last going off, I'm sure there was some stuff with, because last going off, I'd managed to kind of, this is how long this run, I'd managed to age out and then ironically come back to it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Where a point of it's like, oh, well, that's for kids, but yeah, I, I, I think I'd have been like, like it. Yeah, so. I'd have been like 15, 16 when it went off, I think. I was I was about eighteen, I think, when they yeah, stopped. When did like, it finish? Like ninety eight, ninety nine. Ninety eight, ninety nine. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I'm like seventeen, eighteen. Like yeah, ninety nine. Right there you go. So I finished school. I'm in college, getting ready to go to university. I'm dossing around, doing fuck all. I'm watching Bodger and Badger. Like yeah, <laughs> so I definitely <laughs> saw some of the stuff where they were running a B and B. A hundred percent, I did. Um, so I mean that's that testament to how long this thing ran then 10 years like it yeah. literally ran throughout my childhood yeah i would have like so, eight nine when it started yeah so they um the when they were double act on on the waterfront it was 98 uh, it was 88 yeah so the first season was 89 and it ran to 99 so they had they had nine seasons plus whatever dicking around they did on a saturday morning yeah so chesenden would have been about 92 93 which yeah which tallies yeah yeah which which tallies with what i'm thinking as well yeah so spot on pretty much so actually, this for me is a show that's been kind of kind of omnipresent in a way that mm-hmm. I didn't even realize until it's like sitting. But that's the beauty of doing this show is, you know, I, I do very little research, as I'm sure everybody knows by now. For this show, anyway, I do next to none because I like to come to these things fresh and re-experience mm-hmm. them. And, and this was one of those things where after having watched it and then getting sucked in and enjoying it. Yeah, I was sitting. I sat down and thought about stuff like this and realized how much this has actually been around and how much this has actually influenced me. Like I say, the mashed potato thing. Mm. I, I don't think I even make the connection to Bodger and Badger instantly. It's It literally is Pavlovian of like somebody says mashed potato and I'm just like, Badger likes mashed potato. And then I'll think about, oh yeah, that comes from Bodger and Badger, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah, we had the same thing when we were talking about Duckler as well in the end of last year when we were talking about you know, somebody, somebody rings the doorbell. Oh, I'll get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, 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 there are th- those things that are ingrained. And as I, I don't have that particular thing with, with mashed potato. I have for mash gets mash. Yeah. Um, again, just because we were ITV kids and there were adverts on ITV, including the smash advert. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have that thing. But, yeah, it, it's, it's easy to see. And so I... I came into this and so I, I think I watched about eight episodes, which is more than I normally get to watch. Um, but um, it was two hours and I've sat outside freezing cold gyms waiting for the kids for the last you know, for the last two evenings. So I've had a chance to sit there on my iPad and watch it. Your own children. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My own yeah, kids. Okay. Because yeah. well, saying it's one freezing of cold and you're waiting for kids outside a gym. Doesn't it? Yeah, one of us mine anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so I've been sat there and I've, just, I've got my iPad. I've got an hour before they come out again so i'll just i'll, I'll stick it on i think i'll watch one or two and then i, I same as you I, I found this um from the link you sent me i found this one it was about three hours worth of stuff so i put it on and it was just an episode 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 um with a little you know, title card in the middle so somebody's obviously kept them together um and yeah i could just sit there and they weren't in any particular order it was you know, one was from season five then from season seven then from season three and they just jumped around a bit and yeah it was i did find I found the constant mashed potato just really annoying because I don't like mashed potato. Yep. Um, I don't dislike mashed potato. I just, if I'm going to have potatoes, I want them in slightly greasier forms. Um, but 
so I had that, and but the right, some of the writing was clever in places. Some of the performances, I say, some of the the slapstick and the gurning and the sort of the play of the camera, that was annoying. But by and large, it's forgivable. Now, yeah, I think something I, I've gone. Oh fuck, I'm never watching that again. I won't. Oh, hell no. I, won't, I won't seek it out again. I probably wouldn't seek it out. No, but agreed. I'm not going to turn it off. Either. You know, if if I'm flicking through channel you know, stuff with you know looking something for the kids and this is on, I'll leave it on. Because especially, I, especially with number two, because that slapstick stuff, no, it really yeah. appeals to me. Really goes for it to a point where I'm thinking that you know I can get some fucking Laurel Hardy on or some Three Stooges on. I need to laugh his box off. Mm, yeah, I you know by the nature of the internet and by the nature of targeted ads, I am going to see a lot. Like because I watched so much of this over the weekend, I'm going to see a lot of Bodger and Badger popping up on my recommended videos mm. and stuff on Facebook and YouTube and things. I'll watch it all. Like so, I'm I'm my fucking own worst enemy with that. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to seek it out. But if you put it in front, it's of there. Me, I'm going to watch it because. I've enjoyed it. And yes, I, I accept that it's childish and silly, but I also accept that there is humor in it for me as well. Um, and, and whilst it's performed at a children's level, some of the gags I think really are quite funny. One of my favorites, and it's it's really stupid and it shouldn't work at an adult level at all, but I think the writing is so good that I got so vested in the episode that I went with it. Um, there is an episode where Simon's TV is broke and he's about hmm. to be on TV. I don't know if you've seen this one as well. I think I was um, ringing a bell. So... So Badger and Mousy try and fix the TV whilst Simon is out at the TV rental shop and completely fuck it, just as you would expect. Just completely yeah. fuck it, right? To the point where, it I mean, it's an old cathode ray tube TV, so they pull the back off it, and that just leaves you with a glass screen and no yeah. back. And they decide to play. So they get these little... So you've got puppets operating puppets, which on a meta level, I yeah. thought was very, very clever. They yes. have little stick puppets of clowns. All right. And they're having the Badger and Mousy joke show or the two clowns joke show, they call mm, it. Yeah. And they're telling jokes to each other because Mousy keeps getting the punchlines wrong. And then Simon walks in and thinks they fixed the TV because he can see these two things on the TV, these two stick figure clowns, and they're doing the voices. And so here goes this skit now where Badger and Mousy have got to pretend they're actually on the TV telling these jokes so that Simon doesn't find out that they've broken the TV and he's escalating. And I just found the whole thing really charming and very, very funny. And it's a joke that absolutely shouldn't work. It's ridiculous. It yeah. shouldn't work for anyone over the age of about five. Maybe this is more about me than anything else, but I <laughs> thought it was really fucking funny. Yeah. And then, you know, that's the kind of, it's because I've, I became so invested in these characters and this situation and they put all the work in to get us to that point. Yeah. That I went with it because the episode was about the fact that the TV was broke and that Simon wanted to see himself on TV. So actually, in a weird way, there's a little bit of suspense and threat in there because yeah. it's like, are they going to fix it in time for Simon to get back? And actually, what is it that Badger's done? Because clearly the video of Simon that's going to play on TV isn't what he thinks it is. So what's Badger caught him doing? How bad is it going to be? And it's just very, very sophisticated writing yeah. for a children's show. And look, I don't mean sophisticated in, in the way of, you know, it, it's not like this grand story arc or anything like that. Mm. But each episode works with a beginning, a middle and an end. And there is this genuine character as well. Like We've already yeah. talked about Simon and everything that goes on with him. You know, Vicky had the whole thing of wanting to be a drummer. So she had a reason to be in the show. You know, <sighs> Mousy could very easily just be another puppet. But she doesn't. She has these aspirations of like she's constantly trying to live like the people above ground do. You yeah. know, she's constantly trying to make herself a house and furniture. She's clearly sort of upwardly mobile or wants yeah. to be. Yeah. But at the same time, she has to live under the floorboards because Simon's scared of mice. So there's a whole thing there with Badger having to hide her from Simon. And then even as annoying as you might have found it, even the mashed potato. And I thought long and hard about the mashed potato, actually. And it's actually really fucking good, isn't it? Because I was trying to work out, like, yes, the gags are not great, but I was trying to work out what it is that sets it apart, right? Because I sat down and thought about all these puppet shows, and I sat, I thought about Rod Hull and Emu, which, of course, I loved as a kid. Absolutely adored Emu. I think we've mentioned that on, on the show before, because he was a chaotic little fucker. Yeah. Absolutely adored him, right? Um, and then moving through, we had Ed the Duck, and we had Gordon the Gopher, and then eventually getting to Bodger and Badger. And I, I sort of thought about my connection to all of them, and I, I kept thinking that actually... And even in watching it now, I think Bodger and Badger is the one that always sits top of the pile for me. And it's always the one that I remember most fondly. It's always like if you were to ask me to name a puppet duo after Rod Hull and Emu, just because they were the first, I think I would go to Bodger and Badger, probably even over Keith Harrison Orville. Okay. And I'm like, why is that? What is it about Badger? And, you know, it's, it's the mashed potato, right? And it's something that clearly started 
as an excuse for slapstick humor. Like that mashed potato was a stand-in for Gunge in the show. Yeah. Right? In the in the late eighties, early nineties, Gunge was everywhere. Everything. It was funny yeah. to see adults get slimed and gunged and stuff like that, right? That was the thing. And so it was mashed potato for them. And it clearly started off as how do we get Simon covered in mashed potato at the end of every episode? Every yeah. episode's built up. What it actually became is a whole character thing for Badger. Yeah, here you've got this Badger who's actually, don't forget at the start, a chef, a cook, knows what he's doing, that just absolutely fucking loves instant mashed potato. And as stupid as it might be, it's a character hook that you yeah. can latch onto immediately. Gordon the Gopher doesn't have a character hook besides being a squeaky little fucker. Ed the Duck doesn't have a character hook besides having a fucking mohawk. Yeah, they haven't, none of them have got mm. mashed potato. Yeah, yeah? No, no, nobody's got a, uh, a dry white powder problem. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly that. Um, no, if, well, they were, if they were remaking this now, they, they would there would definitely be a way of working in a gag where it looks like he's snorting it. I mean, it constantly looks like he's snorting mashed potato anyway. I don't think you need a gag. It constantly looks like he is. And I mean, he's got that cockney accent as well. Yeah, so, true. You know, um, I, but, but, you know, as it as it evolves, as the show goes through, like so much of Badger's character then just becomes around mashed potato. It's about how is he going to get his mashed potato this week? What's he going to yeah. do with his mashed potato this week? How is he going to like he works potato into conversation like it's an actual fucking word. Well, it's, it's, it's like the thing with the Smurfs, isn't it? Yes, like, everything's starts, Smurfing, everything yeah, he, is potatoes. Yeah, yeah every, everything with him, it's just he replaces what the key word with mashed potato. Yeah, so so he is, yeah, it's like cool potatoes, smart potatoes, yeah. and it, it just becomes a thing. And I genuinely think, as daft as it may be, that's grown from what was just an excuse to cover Simon and Gunge. Yeah. And to I a character it's... beat that's endeared that character to to me and probably more of my generation. Because like I said, the first thing I go to, if you say Bodger and Badger, isn't the song itself, although naturally, you know, mashed potato comes out in that tune. Yeah. yeah, you don't just say mashed potato. It's Badger loves mashed potato. But it's the mashed potato connection that remains. Mm. So that's some really fucking smart marketing and some really smart character hooks there. It, it is. And I mean, we'll be talk, we touched on it earlier on. I don't remember there being Bodger and, Bradger, Bodger and Badger brand mashed potato. Me either. Now, why the fuck not? I mean, Smash had that shit covered. I appreciate you know, that. There was kind of a whole thing there. But if you want to if you want to sell this stuff to kids, you want to get this stuff on shelves. You sell mashed potato to kids by making it Bodger and Badger brand. Now, some people wouldn't know what it was. Some people wouldn't necessarily buy it for the branding. But kids are stupid. Kids will see, a, even even if they don't know the show, they will see a puppet badger and go, Eating I want that. Potato. I yeah. want that. I want that. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, they, they kind of worked it in. And as, as they went through, so the whole mashed potato thing evolved with the character to a point where there's one in, I think it's season five, where there's a couple of burglars who are trying to rob the house. And they pose as like um, council security experts. And they try and rob stuff. And they rob this um, ancient Egyptian artifact, which is you know, belonged to Simon's aunt, because obviously he'd keep it in the fucking dining room. And um, Badger manages to convince them that it's it's like um, cursed and has right. you know, it shoots ancient mashed potato at people. See, um, it's funny. It's funny. I'm laughing already. So yeah, um, yeah. So and yeah, he he scares them off by pretending to be a ghost because he's talking badgers aren't a thing. So it must be a ghost or something. You know. And so, so you look at that, and you think. That, there's some there's some actual comedy in that. If you can track that one down, it's season five, episode five. It's called Ancient Egyptian Ancient Egyptian Mashed Potato. I um, love that you draw the line at the fact that talking badgers aren't a thing, but ghosts coming. But that's that's kind of what they've no, that's kind of where they've gone with it. So uh, <laughs> oh fuck, ow, my left ear just came back on. Um, so yeah, so I mean it's it's that type of thing. As so, you know, they, so they they've gone from it just being as an excuse to gunge people. To it being almost a character of its own. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a thing. Like mashed potato is is inherent with him. And I think, that, you know, there's something in that as well. The, the thought has gone into that of, I don't know if it's actually clever writing or clever marketing. I think it's probably the latter, but mm. they were switched on enough to recognize something that was landing, to recognize there was a hook there that was landing with the audience and they yeah. fucking ran with it for 10 years. To the point where, yeah, it, it is inherent now. And, and even now, like, if you brought out Badger brand mashed potatoes now, I guarantee you it would be a bestseller. Because I guarantee you my generation is going to run out and buy that fucking stuff. You could sell it on the internet probably for about £10 a fucking bag when instant mashed potato is about 7 pence in Tesco's. Right? Yeah, but it's still instant mashed potato though, isn't it? Oh, I mean, yeah, it's barely fucking food, is it? 
I, 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 say, I think what it I, is. I think no, potato content is somewhere in the, sort of the, the, the single digit percent. Yeah, it's it's basically wallpaper paste, isn't it? It's Pretty just, much, just, yeah. It's disgusting, right? But you bring out Badger brand mashed potato, I'd be like, yeah, I fucking want some of that. And especially, I mean, if you're really clever, you do like you would have done back in the day if you were launching it. You'd get a token on every tin of Badger mashed potatoes. And if you get like 50 tokens, you get a Badger. badger. Yeah, dead right. <laughs> you know it. And I would buy all 50 tins immediately. I'd say you'd buy them in one hit, wouldn't you? Yeah. Now, I do believe they were Badger puppets. I never had one, but I have I, a vague memory of one of the girls in school having a Badger puppet. I don't know. Um, let's have a look. I mean, there certainly would have been annuals and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But um, I'm I'm almost certain they were Badger puppets that you could buy. Yeah. Oh, we were wrong. He did a university tour. In he did? Yeah. Oh, man. Fucking sellout. Went to Hull, Aston, Warwick, Bath, Buckinghamshire, Buckinghamshire and Aberystwyth. Yes, and nowhere near us then. <laughs> no, a DVD, Bodger and Badger Live, was released in November 2006. Of the university tour? Yeah. Oh, I want it. Uh, and did Glastonbury uh, in the kids' field at some point. I don't know when that was. So, yeah, he, he he did get around a bit later on. Now, even that's a mistake, isn't it? Putting Bodger and Badger in the kids' field. I guarantee you, you put him on the other stage in Glastonbury. I tell you, stick him in, you, stick, you stick him in one of the cabaret tents. Everybody's Fri- Friday night, get a blue set going. That's fucking full. Um, yeah, absolutely. You sell mushrooms outside. Everybody's in there straight away. Doing lines of instant mashed potato, like yeah, that's it. So I wouldn't be. I'd be. I'd be outside throwing up if you put if you uh, gave everyone mushrooms to go in. Good point. No mushrooms for you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. I mean, it's it. Look, looking at it, it, it it does seem there's been a bit of a resurgence. Um, that's it, with the amount of stuff on YouTube, and I said it's. No, there is this DVD which I didn't know about, um, which we'll see if we can track it down because it's. I fucking want it. I'm going to look for that DVD. I, I reckon they're fucking ace live. I reckon they'll be absolutely brilliant. Well, not so much now because he died in 2017. Well, yeah, not now, obviously, unless there's if somebody be a bit else. Quiet. I mean, the, the act is based on ventriloquism. Just saying. Um, <laughs> oh man! You have a puppet operating a puppet operating a puppet. So yeah, yeah it, it could work. Um, but yeah, I, I reckon I reckon they're fucking hilarious live because as I say, one of the well, the only big issue for me with the show because I can I can get past the performance. Mm. It is that that stagey element of always looking off into the middle distance when he's yeah. when he's uh, sort of talking with Badger. But on stage, I think that flies because yeah. that's the whole point of it. He's yeah, engaging that's... with the audience. Yeah, it's 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 that it, it's that kind of performance, isn't it? Mm. So I reckon it would be really good. Plus, I reckon they drop the f bomb. Probably not. It's probably they'd probably do the same as Keith Harris and Nancy Carter and everybody else. They'd probably do it off stage where they're still mic'd up and you can't see. See, see I don't know because it, it depends I think on who owns Badger it. A, I think Badger as a character is chaotic enough that you can get away with that. It depends who owns the character, though, doesn't it? Well, presumably he does. He created it. He but he, he, but, he, may, he, he, but, he may have, but he may have sold he may have sold, may have the, sold the licensing it. rights. And you're done. And that's may the thing. Yeah. And, and that's the thing with so many of these. And when you do get these, that there are a lot of um, ventriloquist stand-ups. Um, and some of them are good, some of them are really good, some of them are fucking awful. But the ones you'll find that um, appear on, or they, they do appearances on, on you know, things like Live with Apollo, and or they do, you know, they're the ones who they don't get licensed for things, so they can call people cunts. Yeah. And what you get, uh, there was one in the mid mid aughts, I think it was um, a guy did. Um, he basically had a Bin Laden puppet. Oh, Jeff. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't remember his name. Is it Denham? Something like that, Jeff Denham. Yeah, something like that. Um, and that was one. It was very popular, and it did it did very well going around comedy clubs. And I remember um, I was he, he played in Cardiff, and I think it was um, when I was working away, and somebody offered me a ticket for it because I thought, oh, it's you know, it's, it's, it's offensive puppetry it's right up your street, which duh. Um, but I was I was like, well, I'm up in Hull all week, yeah. so no, can't do it. If he's up in Hull, give me a ticket. Um, but there's there's lots of that type of stuff. But the reason that obviously that never that can fly is because that never got licensed. That show never got picked up. No, Whereas uh, he's also throw not very in. funny. No, it's, <laughs> it's a problem. It's basically a shitload of infidel jokes. Yeah. Um. But anyway, it was it was at the time where you, know, you can't say Muslim, you can't say terrorist, you can't you know because it offends people. Well, fuck it, I just did. Um. But it was that that was that's what the whole act was built on. Um. But they said that never got licensed, and so because of that, that that show popped up. When you, you know when you've got Roger and Badger, when you've got Rod Hall and Emu, when you've got Keith Harris and Orville, when, you know, even when you've got like the Sooty characters, I know Sooty doesn't speak, but you know, when you've got 
Sue and then you introduce other characters as well. Like, no. they, they never no. got to So he does speak, but he only speaks in whispers and he only speaks to Matthew. So yes, you're right. But he doesn't he, he doesn't speak to anybody else, so nobody else can hear him. I apologize. No, but he you, does you, speak. Don't you, do sooty dirty like that. You know no. what I meant. Um he can speak. He just we're not worthy of hearing him speak. Plus you know he's got a fucking potty mouth and he wasn't allowed <laughs> to speak on the TV. That's the problem. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that because that's the reason I'll never give me a publisher. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so once you get those characters who do appear in these kids' programs, they, they get so heavily licensed because A, whoever's put them on TV wants to make the money back and wants to market them. But also, you don't want to then tarnish your brand by being associated with a foul-mouthed bear or badger. True. Uh, but um, I, st- I still think they swear in the university too. I, like, I can full-on see the character that, that Badger is being like a little bit, whoa, a little bit way. He's a little bit, little bit of a cockney geezer. Like, I, I can definitely see him just downing pints and fucking swearing up a storm. It would, like, say, it would depend on who on who owns it. But yeah, that would be that would be the point of doing a university tour. Would be yeah. doing an adult version of that show. Completely, like Mousy needs to get her tits out and everything. It's like, no, it's, it's like if you think of um, like the um, the bottom tours when they when they did live stuff. Obviously, there's all the stuff they couldn't say on the BBC. Yeah, they went out and did it on stage. Yeah, completely. I, yeah, it, I, it's that. T- it would be that sort of vibe if they could get away with it. I can a hundred percent see them doing an X-rated. I could be totally wrong. We could be way wide of the mark, and he it, could just have come out and done very gentle traditional comedy, which I still would have loved. Hmm. And God but bless. You, but that's that not way. why you do a university. Tour, that doesn't fly to a university crowd, does it? No. Let's be honest. You know, that's. I mean, you know, and look at fucking Keith Chegwin, like. <laughs> Probably about as inoffensive as a person can be on TV. Does a university tour, gets butt naked, changes his entire image. Yeah. And now he's the guy you go to when you want a wrong man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten about it. I'd forgotten about some of his uh, shenanigans. Yeah, I mean, they shut down a nightclub he was in when I was in Swansea. They shut Jumping Jacks down because hmm. <laughs> he was buck naked and they're trying to get people to cop off with each other. <laughs> you could get away with this shit in the 2000s. Yeah. Can't yeah, because did he? Wasn't he on like an ITV reality show? Like Naked Jungle or some shit yeah, like that. Yeah, Naked Jungle. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. I, yeah, and I, I don't remember anything. Club tour. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm not a huge reality TV fan. And at that point, I'd have been in uni, so I didn't watch a lot of TV anyway. Um, I was too busy going out getting pissed. Um, but I vaguely remember him doing something like that and then going off on a tour. And, yep. Yeah. Yep. Shut the club down. <laughs> God bless him. Great fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, anyway, way off topic way off again. Point, yeah. uh, well, sort yeah. of. We were still talking about Bodger and Badger right until the end. Right up until I started talking about Keith Chegwin being naked. Um, Which is an image, image nobody wants. I hope you don't listen to this podcast first thing in the morning. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> or, yeah. Or last or, thing. At, or if you have a nervous disposition and a weak stomach. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I could. I definitely want to find that DVD. Um, I, I don't regret paying money for the episodes I've paid money for either. Like I think, I think this was worth every penny. I think this is one of those rare shows where like obviously I, re- I remembered it having an impact on me but i didn't remember much about it not that there is much to remember other than the fact it's a dude and a puppet you know it yeah. kind of does what it says on the tin um i wasn't expecting to enjoy it quite as i wasn't expecting to enjoy it at all if i'm honest i was expecting it to be a fucking slog i was expecting mm. this to be real hard work I, I was as well to be fair and it wasn't at all. I was really pleasantly surprised by how high quality it was. Just across the board, the writing is good. As you said, the performances are good. Like the puppetry is good. Everything is good right across the board. Uh, apart from fucking theme tune, which like it's been in my head all like even as soon as we put it on the list. I don't think like, even before we put it on the list, I don't think I have to be doing anything in particular or even thinking about Bodger and Badger for this theme tune to just uninvited just pop in. into my brain and just la 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 la. It's like, it's just, just fuck off. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> and then when you actually hear it, it's got because it's a bunch of fucking kids singing off key. Yeah. And it's like nails on a blackboard. That's just it, like my fucking house. It's horrid. But as a kid, I think I probably love the chaos of it. And, and not only that, because it's, it's because it's kids doing it. Because it's yes. kids doing it, you kind of th- you can see yourself doing it. Yes. You exactly. and your mates doing that song. Exactly. So but I I tuned out the fact that it was this chorus of kids screaming it. I could just like in my memory, I could just remember Bodger and Badger, Bodger, you know, almost like fucking Rosie and Jim, because they sound very similar. Um, yeah. but it's not that at all. It is literally kids screaming at you. Yeah. And it just ends 
like they, especially in the intro, yeah. it's like a 30 second sting that just ends. And, they, and like at the end, sometimes they play the full theme, but at mm. the start, it's just like a bunch of kids basically screaming the title of the show at you and then going mashed potato. It's chaos yeah. and not in a good way, <laughs> but it's still stuck in my fucking head. And I can't get it out of my head. But what's worse is now because it's recent, it's stuck in my head with those children screaming it rather yeah. than the actually catchy and innocent version that I used to have. So I'm annoyed about that. That's been ruined for me on a rewatch. <laughs> Everything else is pretty much leveled up for me on a rewatch. I think it was it was way better than I expected it to be. Yeah, um, that, that's that's fair. I mean, I I came into it didn't remember much of it. I remember I remember I remember the theme tune. I remember the badger being quite annoying and i've come into it and there have been bits of bits of stood up for me but and i've been impressed by another bit where i've got for fuck's sake um by and large it's not really no it's not really done that much for me it's not floating my boat but at the same time i've not come out of it like i did with raccoons um or or other things we've watched where i've gone fuck that noise i'm never watching that shit again that's ruined my childhood yeah oh no it definitely hasn't ruined my childhood i, I got some very fond memories out of this and it actually, as I say, it took me on quite a quite a deep rabbit hole as well. Mm. Like I sat down and, and questioned a lot of things about this, which which we've talked about since on this podcast. You know, I was like, did they make the Cheslin World of Adventures? Did that happen? And why didn't he go on a university tour? And look how good this writing is. And actually, the mashed potatoes really clever and all of this stuff. And there aren't many shows, certainly in recent memory, mm. um, way back at the start when we started doing this show. We had a lot of contextual analysis and we had lots to pick apart because we, we cherry picked the best shows first, as you would, most of them anyway. Yeah. So there, there was a lot to be said for it and they had a lot of cultural value. I, but it's been a while since one of them really took me down a rabbit hole like that. And I'm surprised that it's this one, hmm. uh, if I'm perfectly honest. I wasn't expecting to find that level of, I mean, it, it's... It's craft is what it is. I can't say it's depth. I don't think there's real depth here. No. But there's a, there is a real high level of craft gone into this show. Like everything about it is clearly done to the absolute best level possible. Like, like nobody is sleepwalking through this. Everybody no. is pulling their weight. Everybody's doing the absolute best they can and loving it. And it shows. Yeah. So, yeah, that it really, that set me thinking a lot about what's possible with children's TV if people just give a shit. And yeah. I think it's one of the things that probably started us off down, down the road with this show in the first place is that a lot of the shows when we were kids, you know, they, they did give a shit because either they had stuff to sell or they were people that, that just liked to work in TV and maybe yeah. a few people hadn't quite grown up themselves and hmm. hello. And, and all shit like that. But today, I don't feel like you get that. I, no. I, I, maybe it's because I don't watch as much kids' TV, but it just feels so much more soulless than this. And, yeah. and perhaps part of an element of that is, you know, if, if they were to be another Bodger and Badger today, bearing in mind that, you know, Andy's dead, but bearing in mind, they, you know, if this were to be relaunched with a new Simon Bodger then and a new Badger, you just know that it would be CGI. And that character is ruined instantly. And even if it wasn't CGI, even if it was a puppet, you just know it would be completely charmless. Yes. And, and, and it, would be, it would be a cookie cutter of another show and another show and another show just to put content on TV because they need something. And they'd be relying on the fact that, oh, well, I used to watch that when I was a kid, so I let my kids watch it. Yeah. And I think there's, a, you know, there's an element of... And I think it's exclusive to, to our generation and the generation before us specifically. I don't think... It, I think it really came after us. There is this element of a man and a puppet mm. that just there's something about it. I think that is just slightly magical. I, I think it's that element of performance, however exaggerated it might seem. Now we recognise what that performance is instantly. Like when I said mm. to you about him staring in the middle distance and stuff like that, that conjures an image, and you know exactly what I mean. And, and I think that's because there is nothing like it today, and so yeah. you do get that probably that nostalgic feel. From it, you know, and with the exception, that we, when we talk puppetry in this show, you know, we're not talking about things like the Muppets or Sesame Street or Fraggle Rock. We're not talking about puppetry on that level. Yes, this is puppetry. Make no bones about it. And I'm not taking anything away from anyone involved in that. Like I said, I think the puppetry with Mousy is excellent, but it is essentially a guy with his hand up a bag of ass. cloth. That's that's what it is. It's it's the most basic form possible. This isn't a sophisticated group of twenty or thirty puppets. No, this is one guy who's made two up puppets. puppets. 
Yeah. yeah, and he's made a puppet, and he's created this whole sitcom around this badger. And and let's be fair, a badger isn't even the most imaginative puppet you could make, is it? Like no. it's it's a fucking badger. They're everywhere in this country, and they're assholes. We all know they're assholes. Take like, over. Yeah, and fair play. He's made this badger kind of an asshole, but also kind of friendly. But you know, it's it's not it's not wildly imaginative in that way. Again, it's not. No. But the craft is there. Like he's thought about what this puppet needs to be and the, every element of it, you know, even at its most basic, when you look at the fact that it's googly eyes, and I've said, well, it's a basic puppet because it's googly eyes. They're there for a reason because when he's wildly thrashing Badger around, those eyes are going everywhere. Yeah. And it yeah, adds all, of a sudden, all, all you need to do is, you know, you open the snout and you're like, ah, yeah, and, the, and it, the eyes are bouncing around in the head. And exactly. It gives him that manic energy that it does. It does. Yeah. Which you wouldn't have if he had solid eyes with. You know, even perhaps if, if he had some solid eyes, you could put mechanisms in there and have eyebrows that move and stuff like that. But you lose the manic energy of the you do, and also then there's, there's the cost and the you know, the maintenance of the puppet and stuff like that as well. Which you know, I mean, yeah. don't get no, don't get me wrong. This ran for a long time, and I'm sure you know, there was money spent on it. But at its heart, it's every year it's one set mm. and you know, a very small cast. You don't, you're not going to be spending a lot of money as soon as you say, right, we want to up, we want to improve the puppet, we want to upgrade the puppet, we want to just all of a sudden the attraction goes because there's money you've got to spend on it. So I think, again, part of the part of the appeal is that, okay, we've got this puppet and it looks a bit fucking weird and a bit fucking mental, mm. but actually we've got it. And unless it breaks and we'll probably, have, we'll probably make a couple more just in case, but we don't need all this sophisticated. No, no you look at um, by the time that you've got to things like Avenue Key where you've got the, you know, the, um, where they've got these Muppets and they've, they've got independently moving arms. So they sit on the actor and the actor controls it while they're, while they're talking and all the rest of it. You, you don't need any of that. It's literally no. a, a guy with his hand up a cloth badger's ass. Yeah. And that's it. That's all you need. Yeah. And, and he manages to conjure such character from that. And they're able to tell such concise stories with mm. with just a guy with his hand up a badger's ass. Mm. And, and I think there's there's just an element of, of pure magic to it. And, and I think all of these shows, I think I have that connection with. Like I said, I love Grod Hull as well. Of Keith Harrison Orville, I think this is just something that our generation had that's maybe been lost. And I could be wrong. Maybe there is something out there now like I, this. I don't but I'm know. willing I to bet know. there isn't because the temptation would be for these wacky characters where they have to be CG and to have a live person interacting with a CG character. Yeah. Because that's cheaper. But it's also soulless. There's there's yeah. no it doesn't have the element of live performance that this does. Um, and not only that, I mean, obviously, you can't recreate it live either. No, so you you can't go off. You know, you couldn't go off to do this. You no, know, to do on the waterfront, or you couldn't you couldn't pop up on the BBC News and cause fucking chaos. Exactly. Yeah. Well, exactly. No, you couldn't go on a university tour. No. You know, whereas no, you have these. You no, know, the reason that some of these puppets and some of these acts have endured, not so much now because you know they are getting on a bit and are starting to to die off. But you know, the reason that these people have been able to do that is because there's something physical where you say, right, I can keep I can keep Badger in a box. And as long as the box doesn't get, you know, doesn't get wet and the puppet doesn't get damp, and I look after it, I can wheel this puppet out, I don't know, a dozen times a year, yep. and that's all I need. And yeah. between that and the residuals I get from BBC and UK Gold and whoever else is fucking showing it, that's fine. That's all I need. Yeah, just don't get your badger wet and you're away. That's basically. true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I don't have much more to say. I, I think this is, this is a very basic show in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. And so... You know, the, the basic elements of it, we, we covered in, in inside of 10 minutes. You know, this is this is carry on level humor. Yeah. Um, uh, with a guy with a puppet. But it's done so well and, and it's so charming. And like I say, there's even if you really want it, there's these little elements of social interaction to pull up with Mousy and stuff like that. And especially her social status like that stuff is there if you want it. And we've touched yeah. on that as well. But I... <sighs> They don't go too in-depth with that. It's there if you want it. I found it and pulled it out, and we've had a brief discussion about it. But actually, I think this show is best enjoyed as just being what it is, which is exceptionally well-written and performed comedy, albeit pitched to the stalls. But, hey, so is most of this. Like I've said, so is Chuckle Vision. So was Rent-A-Ghost when we watched that. So is The Goodies. So is everything that's aimed at a younger audience. Yeah. So, hey, it is what it is. And I had a fucking blast with it. I absolutely loved it. And I will definitely watch more if it's, you know, if it pops up, like watch this video or whatever on YouTube or is on my Facebook feed. I'm not going to scroll past it, especially not at like, what, 13 minutes a clip? Yeah, yes, like please. That. I'll watch that. That's a distraction easily. And that's the type of distraction. Again, 
you're going to be flicking through your phone on the bog and if this pops up and you're like 13 minutes can i spare 13 minutes on the bog yeah probably i'm gonna get a dead leg but yeah fine. yeah i'll i'll prop the phone up and watch it or you know waiting for your dinner to cook or whatever it is you can scroll and see one of these and just be like yeah it's 13 minutes yeah that'll do yeah and you'll have a good 13 minutes with it too it's it's enjoyable well you, you just you dial in and you tune past the zany manic energy and it's really enjoyable and genuinely funny genuinely funny and like i said there is there is some quite sophisticated humor in there if you if you switched on to it and you're willing to look for it whether it's intentional or not as always we don't know maybe mm. it's me reading too much into things but that beard gag was too fucking good and it's one of many that i found as i was watching it so yeah there's there's a lot in there that can be pulled out if if you're looking for it as an adult so like two big thumbs up from me i think everybody should go like if you've got any memory of this show whatsoever if you've got any fondness for it i promise you it is actually as much as i can remember what it was it is exactly what i remembered when i think about it you know and that's why i was worried i think it's because i do remember it had all this zany energy and stuff but no i enjoyed it it's everything i remembered in a good way so go back and give it a look if you liked it as a kid you'll like it now and you know maybe break out the mashed potato and have a grand old time of it yeah just no Preferably cook it first, don't snort it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you probably can snort potato flakes. I don't think they're going to do you any bother, are they? I don't know. I don't know. We Inquiring minds need to know. Maybe that's a video that we'll get up for you next week. Um, I, although, if you're going to do it, use potato flakes. Don't use smash because smash is cubes and that'll hurt. Yeah. Also, um, I, don't, I, I, I don't think smash would like us putting that on the internet either. I don't give a fuck. More like smash listen, is it? <laughs> well, they might. Those aliens are every fucking way. Hey, look, if if I do a video where I'm snorting smash and it gets enough traction for smash to see it, I'll fucking take that. All right. <laughs> there you go. So that's what we're putting out next week, listeners. I'll have any takedown order they want to slap us with as long as some enough people see it that it reaches smash. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, so we won't do a show uh, next time. We'll literally just have Chris snorting random stuff. I mean, I'd have to crush the smash cubes first. I, I'm, I'm not like I'm seriously worried. I'd like choke or something if I tried this more. It would dissolve, though, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it dissolve in your no mucus? That wouldn't be moist enough. I don't know because if you like, I mean, they're not massive. If you could snort it up through your nasal cavity, by the time it gets into your, throat, like, there's enough water in your throat to turn the smash. Because mm. I've eaten enough raw smash cubes to know that you can put them in your mouth and make mashed potato. Okay, fair enough. Like you just have to leave it there for a little while. Yeah, so that's you, always my problem with the patience for that. Yeah, I mean, if well, if you crunch them, you may as well just eat fucking croutons because that's basically what they're, they're like, dried crisps, basically. They make like a weird crouton-y type. I don't know. I have no fucking idea what mashed potato is, and we're way off topic. <laughs> yeah, we're, like, we're at the end of the show. We're rambling now. That's kind of, uh, I, I've, kind of I've, where I've we go. I've had a long, difficult week. My house is upside down, and Mark set me off talking about mashed potatoes, so we should probably end this right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it gets even weirder. Yeah, um, as always, you know, if, if you have thoughts on... Uh, butter and badger or mashed potato or anything else um reach out let us know um if if you have tried um nasally ingesting smash please tell us what that was like because no why the fuck not um but yeah um on twitter you can uh, get in touch with us at smpd pod uh, you can go to our website uh, ddpodcast.net where you can also get our previous episodes and our other shows wherever you get your podcasts from uh like share subscribe leave some messages back to you as best we can but until next time mashed potato